I love me some Team Strong Life, so I'm all about it. They, they do. They love some Kenny. It was um, came into your meeting the other day, you know, and of course Sandy was there, and like immediately I had like ten people from Strong Life, you know, around me, ten ladies. We're like, we're recording. Okay, it's cool. Okay, I'm not all saying, right. It's, uh, hey, I'm just checking. No, okay, this is like so. I'm sure it happens to you too, but like even at Summer Smash or some of these events, it where actually we... doesn't, but it's going to. Okay, well, it's 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 really cool, but it's it's humbling and it's cool, it's intimidating, it's all those things all at once. But there's nothing more uncomfortable for me than being under the watchful eye of my wife while ten females come up to talk to me, you know, and like of course it's not for any appropriate inappropriate reasons, but still. You know, Sandy becomes the photographer in almost every instance. It's like, hey, would you take a picture of me and your husband? And I'm like, this is really awkward for me. What do I do? Sandy, help me. <laughs> help me. Well, it is funny. Like, I was giving one of my girls shit because she does, She didn't know who Sandy... I mean, she knew who Sandy was, obviously, because they... But she ran past Sandy. To, do you remember that? To hug you? And I was like, have you met Sandy? Oh, you saved me. <laughs> you yeah. saved me. Because I also didn't Sandy. do the right thing. I wasn't yeah. like, hi, nice to meet you. This is Sandy. <laughs> right. Well, you would have. You would have. But I was like, this is Sandy. And Sandy, like, Sandy's probably, I, I can't wait for Summer Smash. Sandy and Mitch are probably going to be like, Lord, help me. Because the truth is, like, as the spouse, they just, to them, they're just like, listen, you're not that big a deal. Okay. <laughs> Sandy at Summer Smash. Oh. In like the first couple summer smashes, we hung out together. We did our thing, you know, wasn't a big deal. But the last couple had been a little different. The first one, Sandy tried to hang with me and she literally became a photographer. And so this this last summer smash, she's like, you know what, Kenny? She's like, I'm just going to go do some stuff. She's like, I'll be back. I was like, okay. So she went and like hung out with her friends and saw people she wanted to see. It was actually really great. I didn't have oh, to... you did that last summer smash? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Well, it's a little, it's, it's, it's a little, it can be a little awkward for sure, but you just have to make an effort to, Mitch has never been to one. This will be his first. So he'll be with me the whole time. And he can, he's very like, he's the perfect person. Cause I, he'll be off talking to people. He'll go yeah. figure out like, but I, I don't know if I would be like that. If I were the guest, I think I would be like Sandy where I'll be like, I think I'm good. I think I'm going to go like do my own thing. Um, yeah I think it depends like even even for me you know it's like we both have our friends independently of one another like you know we've connected with a lot of the same couples you know what I mean yeah. like naturally we, there's people we were drawn to so it's no problem for me to like hang out and chat with their husbands like even though they might not because in first form in, in in that community most of the coaches are females and Sandy connects with the coaches like yourself and I connect with the husbands. We sit and talk and chat and like, it's kind of how it works out for us. Yeah. 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 It's been fun to get to know Sandy. She's good people, man. She's good people. Yeah. She's good people. Of course she's good people. She's just, you know, it's, 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 you just don't get enough time. That's it. We will be there. We are, we have the RV. Of course we have the dog but we're also going to be trying to stay in the hotel because, and I think I learned this from you, how important the bus rides are for connecting with people. Um, so 
I'm going to try to be on the bus as much as I can. So Mitch will have to kind of figure out some things, but, but he's good at that. So Got listen, okay. okay, so I wanted to tell you too, my dog, you know, we, we put Coda down. I, I told Jack that it was nothing actually. Like I talked to Nick, Nick said like, don't, you don't have to like, he said he used to hate it when we, he would go on deployments and everyone be like, well, we wait to, waited to tell you. He's like, he wants to know, like, he, cause you know what I mean? He's like, I can handle anything. And anyway, Jack was like, Jack goes, oh, I didn't, that's so weird. I'm not having any feelings about it because it wasn't his day to day, you know? And he's like, oh, that's sad. So I told him it was fine, but his girlfriend listened to one of our podcasts where I said it on the podcast and she didn't know. So she texted me. Um, so it's got me thinking I could see some truth to that. Like when you were gone on deployments, you, you're compartmentalizing like we've talked about, but would you want to know things going on even if it's hard information? I mean, I guess it depends on what you consider hard. You know, yeah. like, I, I think it's relative to your situation, you know, like, if if you're deployed and like you're in a you know a no shit like real environment where bad things can happen to you all the time a dog passing would be sad but not necessarily important in that moment but you know like a human life is a different story a grandmother or something like that a grandpa a parent of course you need to know those things and you have to deal with those things like you can't you can't you can't take the play off but you definitely have to know about those things. I don't think that'd be a good idea to keep them from buddy. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think, I don't think it's cause you know, I've seen this with, with young soldiers a lot where they're so distracted by all the things that are going on at home and whether it's intentional from the spouse's side of the uh, side of the argument or not, it doesn't really matter. It can become very overwhelming and it's just one more thing added. Yeah, you know? man what you have to deal with when you can't, again, it's, it's not a controllable, you know, like I've seen soldiers so distracted over things like the relationships, stuff going on with the kids at school, finances, emergencies at home, you know, everything from, you know, again, losing a parent to the refrigerator went out. Like I get it. Like in either one of those circumstances, the soldier can't fix the issue. Maybe they're just there to comfort the spouse, maybe talk to them about it. But inevitably that phone call ends at some point the soldier's not going home, right? So he's he or she is staying there, and that's just one more thing added to the mental plate. Yeah. So I, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. I can. The deeper Jack gets into this commitment, and the 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 deeper his relationship gets, and the deeper all I can see how. Man, like you got to have a strong person your your volume is gone but you, you got oh yeah now i can you just you got to have a strong you just have to have strong people in your corner that are like can handle that can handle a lot at home while you're gone like jack jack is just he's just not living a normal life you know 
and and all of his friends are out living normal lives and you you kind of have to be super um understanding of that i think like because be, you can't uh, anyway i can't really go there right now but well, I, mean, I have thought i have thoughts on how you know i think uh i think how distracting like life at home can be well i mean for sure like it makes, makes picking a spouse and things like that extreme i mean it changes the dynamic you know it's you have to pick people for a whole new set of reasons like especially for someone like sandy and i i was already in the army when sandy and i got married so I was already married to the army before I was married to Sandy. Like I had already decided it was going to be a career for me before I started dating Sandy. And one of the conversations we had was like, I'm like, listen, like the army is my career. Like it's not changing. And these are the things you're going to have to deal with. And like, we had a very frank conversation that made it easier for me because Sandy's dad was retired army. Um, so she had kind of lived that life growing up. Oh no, yeah. So she kind of, intuitively understood some of the things that she was going to experience but again all this was pre-war and pre-deployment and you know it's it's like a lot of things in life right you just when you commit to it you kind of hope that some of it's not going to come true you know nobody knew 9-11 was going to happen yeah yeah no one knew the trajectory we were on but um man it's just it's like anything else in life man you've you've got to pick someone that has like good morals good values and you know what you know what is nick told me this too like because he had the same conversation with hannah because he was already in so his his career and decision had already been made he, he was committed and you need in my mind and i don't know if this is popular opinion or not you need a ride or die level person and Hannah is a ride. Let me, I can't eat that. That is a ride or die person. And this is a different kind of person to me. Like, I'm not even sure that I'm a ride or die. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like a ride. It, it probably depends. Like, that's just not the situation I'm in. Like, but it's like a, it's like a type of woman. Um, I was watching the Conor McGregor uh, documentary. That's so good. McGregor forever his wife, ride or die. Like there's something about the sacrifice that these women make. And I know you make them too. And it's, it's, but it's like, there's a, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it's a bed of roses. I'm not saying it's, I'm not romanticizing it. It's just, it's a level of commitment that feels different to me, this type of woman. So, you know, if, you know, when Jack gets married, you know, when he, when he decides to do that, um, you know, inevitably he will deploy and that is going to be easier than what the spouse is left with, you know, like exactly boy as a soldier or whatever branch you're in as a service member, typically speaking, you're deploying with your best friends, like all the people you love and work with every single day will be there with you. Yeah. Um, you will have your support group with you. You'll be leaving behind your spouse and your kids, but inevitably they're by themselves. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care how many friends they have. It's a, it's a, it's more challenging for them than it is for the soldier, in my opinion. So you do have to have a ride or die. And like, 
I'm, I mean, listen, I don't ever want this to become a reality, but you know, those like, we all see the TikToks and the Instagram reels and the videos of like these people that are in a relationship and the spouse gets paralyzed, you know, in a skiing accident or a boating accident. And like that spouse stays with them forever and continues to care for them. Like that's the kind of person that you need when you're in the military. Like, and you know, you, you really have no testing that, you know, you don't, you know, when you're developing your relationship before you decide to get married, like, of course you're feeling things out, but like, that's the level of commitment you need. And yeah, cause I see it so many times, Kendra, where these soldiers, they'll just marry somebody that they really haven't figured out yet. They don't know. And like at the first sign of an issue or a problem, they're out, they're gone. They're they're like, yes. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be this hard. And I'm not even talking about, I mean, it's intuitive, right? Like you're in this, you're in the service at some point you might be separated from your spouse. Like sometimes that's the only thing it is like, it's not even hard. It's just like this thing that you knew might happen that you wished off. Like it finally came true. Your spouse had to deploy. That's too hard for me. I'm out of here. I didn't expect you to be gone. Like, like that's not even hard. Like that's like the very beginnings of a test, you know? Right. 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 So true. Now, does your son, is your son in a relationship? No. With this, with this. Love ya. <laughs> no, I love my son to death, but he's uh I, I so first of all, I think it's really hard to date these days. I mean, I haven't been dating in the dating scene for a long time. I mean, yeah. remember, but like the way they describe dating and how they meet people now, terrible. Horrible. And that's how he meets people, you know, through apps yeah. and things like that. So Yeah. All right. Well, uh well, welcome. To the Strong Life podcast. Somebody said, Kendra, you were looking like you feel better today. I went live yesterday, Kenny, in my Facebook room, and it was so bad. I couldn't even make an effort. I had to describe, though, how you submit your final assessments. And uh, I just have, luckily, we have blush and makeup and all those things, and I do feel a lot better today. So, um, yeah, full office day, they're catching our lives, all those things. We are going to get some comments flowing today, I'm sure, because what I wanted to talk about today with you is I I basically wanted to review that New York Times article, which is going to get us into different areas. All right. So the article is it's New York Times. I'm not subscribed to New York Times on my phone. It sounds like you can get it online anyway. my mother sends me articles all the time. She's like probably overindulges in news. I don't watch it at all because I watch what it does to, to people. But it is most influ- most fitness influencers are doing more harm than good is the title of the article, which obviously is clickbait um, because then it dives into the article and it also dives into the study that was done, which I thought was super interesting um, about fitness influencers and if you like it or not kenny you're a fitness influencer by definition just so you know how do you feel about that yeah i don't know i i like to think of you know what charles barkley said back in the day i am not a role model 
you know, like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Okay. But this article, you don't have to read this article to understand the podcast. Okay. We're going to like, but I definitely think it's worth it to go read it. Um, but we're going to kind of break it down because we've, I've, I think you and I have been wanting to talk about this, but this article kind of gave me a good framework for how we could talk about it. So the, the, uh, the article goes over the kind of the fitness influencer culture, read the study if you like that kind of thing. Um, and we'll kind of dive into it a little bit, but I think we talk about what uh, fitness influencer culture is and what it, as opposed to coaching, what we are responsible for as like people and consumers, and then how to proceed like in this industry as a coach and a consumer to take care of yourself. And I think we're going to get into a lot of, I think this boils down to taking responsibility for what you freaking consume and not blaming the media so much. Like we already know the media is out for clickbait. We already know people are trying to get views. Like, so you, you can't just keep blaming these people. Like at some point you have to unfollow, unsubscribe, stop looking at it and follow people that are sending the right message. But um, the first thing I want to say is that this study, this is this was a like massive trigger for me. Is that like that's annoying to say trigger, but it's so I love it because it's like I was noticing myself getting like fired up all throughout this article and the study. So the first thing I wanted to mention is that in this study, they break down critical or uh, sorry, credible and non-credible fitness accounts. This is super important, okay? Not credible accounts, they defined, because they have to, they have to, like, they looked at 100 accounts, which is a small number, but probably enough. Like, you probably don't need to look at much more than that. Not credible accounts, okay? Accounts that have nudity in them, inappropriate, clothing so now we now we got like a hundred percent of a hundred probably sexualized or objectification extreme body types and showing body parts so extreme focus on breasts extreme fo focus on butts modeling and sexualization of fitness and let me tell you the shit that went through my head and the people that i like know i was just like it's super validating though through a study how like twisted I think we've become in what is fitness. And like, I could think of 10 accounts right now where somebody is about to show me a shoulder exercise, then why am I looking at your ass? Like, why am I looking at your ass with your fitness pants like jacked up in them if I'm about to see a shoulder workout? Literally explain that to me. And so like, that's kind of what we're talking about here is that like sexualization of fitness like on another level with a huge volume of data coming in at people you're smiling so i'll just pause there and let you respond no i mean as a guy <laughs> i look at this so man it's tough right because until in my mind, until people vote with their follow clicks, 
or yeah. unfollow clicks. It's not anything that's going to change anytime soon, right? I can tell you personally, as a guy, when I'm scrolling through my social and I see something, and maybe it's because I'm a father and a grandfather, I look at this differently, maybe, I don't know. But when I'm scrolling through social and I see, and again, I'm, I'm talking about a female fitness influencer, okay? Um, when I see some of these things that you're talking about, it disgusts me, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I always think to myself, like, does that, how much value does that person have for themselves if they think that this is going to get them additional follows? And I understand, unfortunately, in our society, those follows are valuable. Yeah, right? they are. Those you can get, potentially, the more you can make. So it's directly related to that. but. It's it's really tough for me because I do think to myself, like, you know, does this person not value themselves? Do they not respect themselves? Like, is this because to me, it's not that they're using their body to get those follows, but like it tells me that they don't feel their other content is valuable enough for them to attract the audience they need. So like what it tells me is that like that's your best foot forward. Like that's how you think you can best influence your followers is by showing those things versus I'm sure you have a wealth of information inside your noggin where you can actually tell me how you're getting people results. Like, how come we don't talk about that? The answer is because it's boring and it doesn't get follows, right? It's boring so and it doesn't get, yeah. I mean, I, I challenge my people all the time and I'll tell you, like when I did my bodybuilding competition, I think it's one of the reasons people felt more betrayed by me, like when I read this study, I was like, oh, okay. So they feel a little betrayed, right? Like they, they feel like, shit, I follow you for, I followed you for strength in these things. Are we, where are we going with this posing? Where are we going with this, like sexualization of your physique? Where are we, and like, I understood that, but I also tried to share a transparent, like perspective about what it was I was doing, but it kind of doesn't matter because we're so influenced by our, you know, what we see. And then of course, you know, that, that was a hard, that was a hard one. Like, you know, I, I but I get it. I get it. But um, I think you yourself, Kendra, right? Like you didn't come out of that competition and continue. No, no, no. Right. That would have been a, I right. think that would have been the betrayal. Like you right. did what you did to compete. It didn't become who you were. It didn't become no. who you identified. Right. Right. Like I don't know. I didn't, you're not seeing me all of a sudden with like extensions and the same amount of makeup and feeling like I have to be, you know, like that, that was what it was. It was a prep for a competition where I got on stage and it was this, that's a part, a piece of me. I am a woman. I am, I do, I did think that was, that was a fun thing for me to do because it is so out of character and you don't follow me because I don't know, you, you follow me for this. Um, but I think I think what what we're talking about here too is, you know, gets complex because we're talking about the damage that this is doing to people. If if I take this article and think it all the way through to somebody who now comes into my app or comes into your app and wants to change their physique, sometimes I think about I wonder what they are visualizing for themselves in their head. 
And I wonder if, can we get them to a place, like my goal is like, I know you wanna lose weight and I know you wanna feel better. Can I get you to a place where you have a better relationship with food, where you are getting stronger, not necessarily just you have some image in your head that you're probably never going to achieve. I'm not sure. And that what you look like and having a better body is the most important thing. Cause it's at some point, like we're all sagging, you know what I'm saying? Like the skin quality is taking a hit. Like, well, I think too, like when, like the person you're describing that like, is kind of far away from their goal. And like, you're thinking like, can I get them to where it is? They think they want to be in their mind. Like that person where they're at right now, it's really easy for that person to, to throw shade on someone like you who does a competition because they're so far away from that. They're like, I would never do that. However, as they creep closer towards that image, they start to slide into that. Well, maybe I could do that too mode. They just, it's a, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. So I guess, I guess when I think about like, uh, are fitness influencers doing more harm than good? Okay. Like let, let's just, actually, it's not even a question. Most fitness influencers are doing more harm than good. Then I just start to get mad. Like something in me is mad. I, I think, cause I'm like, I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. Am I one of those people? And I start scrolling down and the things that hit me about this are like, look out for people who post uh, physical changes to the body. And I'm like, okay. Okay. This is where I get annoyed. It's okay to want to look better. Like that is okay. And sometimes I think, I think this whole, like, especially coming from New York Times, this whole, like, it's okay to want to look better. Like, it's okay to not want to be fat and feel uncomfortable. And, like, it's okay. I don't know. Like, posting pictures of people that are getting healthier and the progress of what a physical body looks like. Look at the people who come, like, the day one photo. Is anybody smiling ever? No, they don't even realize it. They're just, they're just, they look miserable. And as the physical body changes and gets healthier, you see things start to brighten up. And for me, the intent about how we post physical changes is everything. And the caption is super important. Like, how do we talk about this? Um, how do we, how do you as a coach or me as a coach communicate the the physical mental you know emotional transformation these people have had this is super super important i think when we have the power to influence people like we do yeah and i think that you know we we talk about it all the time you know the work comes before the belief i, I think you know sometimes and in this particular instance like i, I share a lot of those photos myself as you know and, and like not only am I wanting to congratulate, show off, tell that person how proud I am of them and what they've accomplished, but typically there's a conversation that goes before that post even gets made. Like, hey, look, how do you feel about this? Are you okay if I do this? Because 
I think what you're doing is pretty inspiring. You know, I, it's an opportunity for someone to see maybe someone that started in a similar position to them that it is possible. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah, I do too. I think, so is, are there any photos of before and after that you think are not helpful? I don't know. I feel like this is kind of a loaded question. What do you think? I mean, I mean we have we have time. Do you have I some? Think, well, okay. Yes, I do. And I think it's all about the messaging and the intent. So in this, in a new study, researchers found that nearly two-thirds of the 100 most popular fitfluencers, I don't know why I'm not on there, they call them fitfluencers, a term that be described as any influencer who posts content related to fitness. Fine, we're fitness, we're fit fluencers. And probably a lot of my people are too then, fine. If it's anybody who posts content, then probably half of the people listening here are fit fluencers. Anyway, those accounts lacked sound advice or posted messages that could negatively affect people's mental and physical health by say promoting exercise, as a tool to become skinnier, which nobody says that anymore. Like nobody says skinnier. That's not, <laughs> this is why these articles, I'm like, who, who wrote this? Um, like nobody's like, hey, do this exercise to become skinnier. Much of what could be called fitfluencer content is really just thin inspiration in disguise, says Renee Eng Englund Engelm a professor of psychology at Northwestern University who studies how media influences body image. Uh, okay, I think if there is a desire to sell a weight loss, a weight loss system or supplement that promotes rapid results is a huge problem. I think a transformation that is unrealistic, not sustainable, meaning, uh, you know, 50 pounds in, in a month, um, where there's a, a selling, selling of a, like a, a drop or a pill or a, that to me, like when I see like women's world, that's like 13 pounds in two weeks, I'm like, fuck you. You gotta be kidding me. Like, what are, and that's at the checkout. Sorry, I decided I might stop swearing on these podcasts, but um, that didn't, I just failed. So yeah, I think, I think when they're wrapped up in unrealistic, unsustainable, that's a problem. So I agree with you. And to dive into that a little bit, I would say this, Kendra, how many people have you ever coached or worked with that? Because it happens to me a lot and I have a hard time with some of them. And what I'm talking about here is, you know, we talk about these rapid weight loss people, these people who are doing things unsustainably. How many people come to you and you can see the crash coming? Like, yeah. you know, what we're doing is totally unsustainable and you try to talk them off the ledge go a little like you try to educate them and help them but inevitably they do amazing for like eight 10 12 weeks and all of a sudden you start to see them fade out like you know it's coming 
So how many people do you have like that? That they're their own worst enemy. It's not even that they've been influenced by you. They come to you and want to do it a certain way. All right. You want a percentage? I'm just, yeah, just if. I'm not even like 70%. Yeah. I'm, I wish it was different. I wish I could say I was the magic answer, but it's a high number. I mean, I'm with you. Like 75% of the people that reach out to me, yeah. it takes multiple attempts to get it right. Multiple attempts. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Like I'm, if I had to tell you the truth, I'm still trying to get it right for myself. Right. Like I'm still learning every day about my own journey. Um, there's still things I sit and think about for myself, like what I could do better, what I could get better at. So, you know, I don't know that any of us are ever totally 100% on point experts in our field. Um, we all have things we work through. Right. So, um, what do you think is so several previous studies have shown that exposure to images that encourage a specific physique is correlated with a dip in body satisfaction mood and self-perceived sexual attractiveness um, it also has been linked to disordered eating yeah so this is a tough one right because Unfortunately, when when you, I guess I don't want to say unfortunately, I mean, it's just the way that it works. When you take on this lifestyle, right, you recognize the correlation pretty quickly between exercising and eating differently and what it does to your body and how you feel and the results. And you also recognize that the better you do that, the exercising, picking better foods, fueling yourself correctly, the results will come faster. So when it comes to these photos that people want to post and they share a lot of times, I think there can be some confusion there, right? Because again, not everybody's goal, like you said, not everyone wants to get skinnier, right? Some people just want to be healthier. Some people want to be fitter, but I do think that the majority of people who are starting a journey that we're talking about here they're doing it because they want to lose weight and that can become a very addictive thing right so when you see someone that has these amazing results and they post these pictures um it's very easily to get addicted to the process of trying to achieve that so it can be problematic i think yeah yeah i was thinking about this a lot because i always kenny always have thoughts about posting progress photos my own my people like I, I never post and I'm not aware that this could somebody could feel somehow more discouraged than anything like because that 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 will happen I'll get messages that say like you know I do like we do Wednesday posts in my Facebook group I do highlights where people feel like instead of it feeling like oh that's so cool they're like I'm never going to get there. That's never going to be me. But here's where I think I think I land. Number 1, I always think then I I might not be the right account for you to follow. And that's okay. Like if my stuff bothers you, you yep. should jump out of my Facebook group. You should jump out of my app and you should unfollow me on my Instagram. And that would be okay. 
like I, I can't, but the other place I land is that I don't know that I could have helped you anyway. Like if everything you see is discouraging or like you, you may just be in a mindset where like you just, you're not ready to change, you know? Um, and also like those things might just not be helpful to you like as a person, but you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? Um, I do know, I do know we've talked about this before, or at least I have on, on this podcast that it is hard when you start to compare yourself to other people, that's, it's just a, it's a slippery slope. And sometimes those images will do that to people, you know? I mean, the hardest thing I've ever experienced in my life when it comes to body image was created by me. Um, Facts. Age, you know, like yeah. when you achieve that level of leanness, it does become the standard that you always judge yourself by. And I'm, and I'm someone here that I consider myself because I think there's a difference between a fitness influencer and a fitness professional. I think those are two different things. I consider myself a fitness professional, even though I might have some influence. But the bottom line is, is I even struggle with that. I know that in reality, I can't maintain that level of leanness all the time and actually be a healthy person. Yet, it's a problem for me, you know, when I don't look a certain way. So I can see why people struggle with those things, for sure. I do too, I do too. right, right. Where it's, well, okay. I know people who actually have said, I want to be a fitness influencer. This is a goal for some people, by the way, to just have a page where they're just, you know, uh, a fitness influencer. And then that, that was that I kind of backed into this accidentally. I think you did too. Like I had my coaching business, wasn't on social media and then got lucky or unlucky, maybe, I don't know, with the blow up of TikTok and my, like the social media happened for me. It was good timing with COVID. I was there, all of that. But like, I was never like, I want to be a fitness influencer. I mean, I wasn't even on social media. It was like, so I can, I see the benefits of social media. Plus I'm not really a social media consumer. So I, I'm not like a scroller where I'm just, I'm taking in all of these unrealistic images of what I don't have every day and then hating myself more. That's a fucking problem. And if you're doing that, you need to stop. Like that's a big, and people do it all day long, not realizing it's like, it's like, it takes a hit over and over and over and over again when you're seeing, I'll never have that, I'll never have that, I'll never have that. Like it, you're so in my mind, your social media should inspire you to some extent. Like, I mean, it's the epitome of surrounding yourself with people that you want to put in your circle, right? Like, we, I don't know about you, Kendra, but I don't hardly follow anyone any longer, right? As a matter of fact, my circle gets a little bit smaller as I go along because, like, you know, we talked about earlier, like, when I see, unfortunately, there's, there's people that I know that I'm friends with, that like, they have the posting tactics, techniques we talked about earlier, I will, I will see less from them. I will click on their name and I will say, see less from this person. Yes. Right? Like, hi. Oh, I have a, yeah. I have a lot of people like that where yeah. you can't like, technically unfollow them just for a variety of reasons, but you're like, 
hide everything. Yeah, I don't because I'm not interested in what you have to say. Like, uh, again, like I want to surround myself with people with positive messages and things that I think are going to be helpful for me. And I'm with you. Like, if someone is following me, like I tell people this all, I think they think I'm kidding. But like, if if you're following me and I'm following you and like what I'm putting out doesn't make you a better person, like no harm, no foul. Like your, your click on following me isn't indicative of our friendship. Like if we're friends, but you don't like what I talk about from a fitness perspective, like it's okay with me. Like feel free to go somewhere else. Like, I don't, I don't want you to feel like loyalty is tied to that follow button. It is not. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. Also, these, this exposure to images that encourage specific physiques being correlated with a dip in body satisfaction, disordered eating. Um, if I were to help somebody through that, and I think anybody listening to this should immediately go through their social media and take responsibility for what they're following and get get rid of it if that's a problem for you. Um, you know, seriously, that's that's like an action item you could do today. Because um, I, but this isn't this isn't new with social media. I mean, I was around in the like skinny era in the 1990s, and you know, like where supermodels were what we were following, and and it was like it was all about like thigh gap and weighing as little as possible. And there have been magazines around. This isn't, this is just the volume is there, but there's nothing new under the sun here. Like we've been influenced by media for forever about what body type is and what beauty is and what body images and all of that. And um, I kind of think now more than ever, because there's a, there's a like a every, every, everything goes and everybody should be accepted to me it feels like now's the time to have whatever freaking body you want because nobody's allowed to get on anybody for anything anymore so like you want to be overweight there's a group for that you want to be skinny as hell there's a group for that you want to be you know muscular there's a group for that um so find your group that that is comfortable and, and get involved in that because there's something for everyone today. I don't know. Like there's no like one diet culture anymore there. Like, so this idea that we're all trying to be skinny, I don't know, maybe that's just a term. I, I did have a client once say that's just a term that people use. Like she's always wanted to be skinny because she's always been overweight. And I, I'm, I've never wanted to be skinny. That's never been like a, I don't even that, think that's ever come out of my mouth, but I don't know. What do you think? No, I think when I've had this conversation with people before, right. When they, when they tell me they want to be skinny, um, I always explain, you know, cause I'm always trying to stop eating altogether. Yeah. You'll get skinny. No, right. And like, <laughs> you know, when, when someone comes to me a goal, I think the number one thing that I have to do is like, I have to dissect what they mean. Like, what is the interpretation of what right. you want to accomplish? Like, you're saying skinny. Okay, let's, what does that really mean to you? Can you describe that to me? And like you said, 99% of the time, it ends up getting revised, right? They're like, well, I'd like to lose weight and add some muscle. Like, oh, you- Yeah, yeah, like yeah, to right, right. 
then that, that but that that's a big deal right that totally changes the conversation because when i ask them i'm like okay well hey look you know i get it you you want to be skinnier what if i told you you could lose weight and you would look exactly like you look now only 50 pounds lighter would that be okay and they're like well no that's not what i'm gonna look like i'm okay well that's to me that's what you're saying when you want to be skinny you just want to lose the weight in any way shape or form like if that's what you're after i don't think that's a good idea but that's what we're going towards and of course when you revise it and you talk to them typically speaking they want to change the way the body looks they want to change it forever and we know that's two different things but i agree with you there are groups for every single demographic. In fact, the smaller groups tend to be the loudest, right? So like so when true. You what's going on right now in diet culture or fitness culture, you know, most of the time now where I kind of start to lose my mind a little bit are these people who celebrate like being overweight, championing being overweight, you know? Yep living the life they want to live for the sake of happiness like it's super strange it's like what it's crazy to me yeah you know yeah I mean you know I don't know about you but I get a lot of those people who have come from that they tried that they tried to do healthy at any weight kind of that whole like hashtag thing and they don't they know that it's like it's kind of like wrong for right. their like like there's so many health risks associated with being that overweight and that unhealthy that are like it's like why would you do that to yourself to your family to your kids to your future grandkids like why the hell would you do that and how that's celebrated is is as strange to me as how a lot of things are celebrated right now um but but on the other hand kind of like you like i'm not going to go chase somebody down and tell them a better way to live, uh, live however you want. But when you come to me for help, we're not living that way anymore. You know, like we're not doing happy at any weight, like and healthy at any weight. There is a, there is now I did a really interesting talk with one of the women who's a sports medicine doctor in my group about technically being able to be metabolically healthy, even at a, the technical BMI that's obese. That that is true. Like, I think a lot of people get stuck in that. So we were talking about like some athletes who are technically obese, but that are metabolically in great shape. That's that's different. That's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about like, you know, those people you're talking about are typically athletically inclined. Yeah, yeah. Certain way by design. I, I actually have I have a few clients I can think of right now that aren't happy with the way their body looks, but they're freaking amazing, like in the gym, strength, like endurance. It's just it's just, you know, when you try to get your body to a place that's pretty well beyond that kind of set point, uh, which is possible, of course, you can create a new one, but it's super hard for people. Cause they, they know they're like, I just want to look like I work out, you know, like, damn, I just want to look like it. And for most of them, I'm like, you do, you just, you might, you might want to be smaller, but, and I think if you can find a fitness, a fit fluencer who can help you through, or so now we're moving into coaching, right? Like, here's the problem with fit fluencing. 
these are quick images or one minute reels that are nothing. They're just, they're, they're for your entertainment. Like that's nothing. But when you move into a coaching relationship, now you're talking about getting some good quality education about like why it's okay that your body might not look the way you want it to, but it can perform like a boss. And that's pretty cool. You know? Yeah. I, I think- talking about is, you know, basically there's no substance to what's being posted in some of these things. Right. Yeah. There's no direction, no guidance, no help. Right. It's just like, and most of the times with fit fluencers, you just see it. It's just their highlight reel, right. Of what they've done, what they've accomplished with no starting point. Keep that in mind. Right. A lot of these people, they don't tell you what their starting point was, right. Which they could have been that way for 20 years. They may have never been overweight in their life. They may have been athletically a little bit gifted, They may have worked really hard to get where they were. You don't really know, right? You just know where they're at right now. And all it is is a barrage of just what their body is right now without anything else. Like that to me is super defeating as well. You know, like you don't have a story. There's nothing you can do to. Right. You're not really giving me any type of inspiration to move forward or any type of education to help me in my journey. Like I kind of have a hard time with that as well. Yeah, that's true. Right. I mean, anybody can, you know, can create an account. Uh, and I've, I've say, I say this all the time, but there's, you know, there's a million motivate, professional motivators out there right now. Like people are building businesses on this that have no, you know, they're like, they've not, literally not done anything with their lives, number one. Um, and that's okay. Like, I guess wherever we get our inspiration from, but um, you're right. Like, I think a story is really interesting. I think that's the other thing I would probably look for as a consumer. Now, if if it's if it's not harming you to to have thousands of images of physiques that you'll never have that aren't even attainable by most people, if that doesn't bother you, that's fine. But I think we as coaches get, we like bear the brunt of this because we get, now you want help, right? And so what you're thinking is realistic and attainable based on what you're seeing is, may not be for you. And there we have the tension, what, what you want your coach to be able to coach you to and what is actually possible that's where to me the fit fluencer is like screwing this whole thing up um and people have to take responsibility for what they're looking at also yeah like we're actually trying to help people you know what i mean and sometimes i'm like just fall listen if you want to change your life unfollow everyone else but me for a year you know just like just I know that sounds psycho, like probably cult-like, but it's like, just, just don't, well, okay, Kenny, and maybe five other accounts, but like, stop soaking in the things that are like creating the problem psychologically that are defeating you, that are, that are discouraging you that, that, and just, just like, let's get you educated and really understanding that it's you versus you in the mirror. And so like, 
Like I say this all the time, but if you've had a flat pancake butt your whole life, guess what? You're probably not going to have a big pop and booty no matter what you do. And like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I read the messages of people who are so frustrated and it's like, you shouldn't be. Like, you're doing amazing. You amazing. know what I mean? You know what I mean? But I don't know what's happening here. I got some kickback, but anyway. I mean, I think so. First of all, I think coaches take the brunt of it because when you think about your typical fitness influencer, you know, and again, I, I know by definition, we had a, a, a definition in the article, but, <laughs> you know, when you think about someone that's got 250, half a million followers, like the reason why those people don't worry about it is because they just don't engage with you, right? Like you, you might say something to them or make a comment on one of their photos and you've commented like number 737 comment, but like that person's not engaging with you. So you're wasting your time. You're Second, wasting your time. Yeah, people like Kendra and I, like, I try really hard. I mean, I take it personally. Like, if I'm, I make a post in my personal life about my fitness journey, about a client, like, if you make a comment, I'm going to do my damnedest, no matter how long it takes to answer or at least talk to each and every person that makes a comment, answer a question if you have a question, reach out to you. I, and I think that's why we take the brunt of it, right? Because we're willing to engage and educate. Um, we're not just putting things out there to get a follow, you know, we're putting things out there because we want to educate and help people. And I think that's a totally different approach. Totally different approach too. It is. It's actually like, I always think one of the biggest differentiators of an, a really like an account that you would follow is accounts that do show results. So my biggest issue with this article is that like, Sharing photos is a is a bad thing. I think I think that's where we have to take responsibility as consumers, um, and we have to take responsibility as like it's not hard to tell an account where the intent is for them to get followers or to educate you. Like it's not hard; it's pretty clear. But the the idea that we can share somebody's process and what that can look like and, and what a normal body looks like is to me is like pretty cool. Like, I think that's, I think that's important. And I think when a coach, that is how you can tell if a co an account has uh, credibility and has uh, a good rapport with their clients. Like, to me, it's one of the most important differentiators of whether this person is just a fitness influencer themselves or do they work with people and get them results. I would like to see that as a as a potential consumer or client. I would too, but unfortunately, people don't do research, right? And they yeah, they don't do yeah. Throw their money at people that really can't help them. Um, they do. I I value. I would, if I was searching for a coach or someone to help me, I'd want you to be able to prove to me that you can do this, you know, right. like, just talk about it. Let's see it, please. How right. can we do this? By the way, right. like Kendra, you know, I've heard a lot of great things about your coaching. Is there anyone I can talk to? Do you have any references that I could ask them about your coaching style, your coaching preference? And again, we're kind of getting off course here, but like, those are the things that I think are important, right? Like, I, I just think too many people are 
it's going to sound really stupid, but influenced by influencers, right? Like, I guess like, that's the They're easily influenced. And thinking, I don't think they're, I don't think everybody realizes, like, like, how it may be affecting them to be allowing themselves to be influenced by the wrong people. Um, I can't even imagine what it would be like to raise a daughter and try to unpack like how, how there's, it does address that in this article about like, sounds like to me, it's all about having conversations and open communication, you know, and, and having parents that uh, are, you know, helping their kids with their self-worth as opposed to letting them get all of their self-worth through other people or certainly young girls through men that's a problem but yeah I can tell you like you know my daughter's a, she's very very smart and um <clears throat> but look you know on, for whatever reason you know people like the Kardashians actually have influence I know it's for real. Like they've never it's even met. Real. It's right. real. Right. You know, I've seen it in my house, you know, yeah. I, I still see it. I mean, I am, am a very successful coach, right? My daughter knows a lot of these people that I get results for. She's seen them in person. She's met them in person. She's amazed by their photos, but I can tell that chick something 50 times and she'll come home from work and be like, Hey dad, I saw this on TikTok. What do you think? I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you that for fucking three years. No, I cuss. <laughs> no, I cuss. You know, I've been telling you that. Right, right. Listen to me because user one three seven four said it. Now you're like, right. oh, yeah. You know, it's like yeah. so. It's a real thing, man. It's it a is a it is a real thing, and just be. I think people just have to be aware that they're being influenced. The, the last piece of this article, which is obvious, talks about finding accounts that focus on what the body can do. And I do, I did actually like that. I thought that that's actually a pretty good reminder for me as a coach that like, it is important to, I talk about it all the time, but, um, you know, and I gotta be careful too. I, I intentionally, uh, don't get myself all gussied up before a shoot. Uh, I intentionally try to just like, be in the my natural environment um this is important to me because um and hannah hannah and i were talking about that actually when i was visiting hannah in, Mont in montana we talked about um appropriate like where you she, you would even wear your shirt like in terms of views and like sexualizing workouts and sexualizing yourself and I think she's somebody who does a great job. She she could take it wherever she wants to go with it. But intentionally she keeps, she just, she's very aware. And so what I love about her is she's like your typical influencer, right? And she's like, it's not hard. It's not hard to make it not sexual. Like, cause she could, she could go there if she wanted to. So if you don't follow Hannah Jones, you should. Yeah, no. So y'all are my people. That's why I love you guys so much because you guys do yeah. it the right way. I think, you know, <clears throat> I look up to people like Hannah um, because, you know, 
like you said, you know, you get, we get to pick the people we surround ourselves with, even on social media. We do, you know, we can get barraged with some things every once in a while we can't control, but with people like Hannah, she does an amazing job of educating on fitness, nutrition, supplementation. Plus she also does a great job of sharing just enough of her life that you feel like, you know, Hannah, you know, and like, I mean, if you've watched Hannah for a while now, you do know Hannah, like that is who she is. Like, of course, you know, people don't let you in on every detail of their life, but she does a damn good job of letting you in on enough um, to feel like she's one of us, because if you've ever met Hannah, she is one of us. Like, I mean, this isn't a podcast about Hannah, but she's about as real as it gets. And I, she's someone I would consider. And see, here's the thing, like, Hannah might be a fitness influencer, but if you asked me, I would say she's a fitness professional. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. She can influence, but don't get it wrong. She's not just influencing. She's a professional. Like she knows her job inside and out. And that's just the kind of person she is. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we bring her up because she is like you and I are a little we got it. We're in the demographic that's a little bit different, but she would be your classic 28 year old, like fitness influencer type who has consciously made a choice not to make her incredible physique, the center of attention in ways that are inappropriate that she couldn't look back at and be proud of when her daughter sees and her husband sees and her parent, you know, she's very aware that there's a, that, this is intentional. She's tries, she's like makes an effort. Like she's not trying to be like flirty. And so, you know, she's very, and that is, I have a lot of respect for that. So when I see a woman who could be doing anything she wants, um, she's a class act, man. Let me ask you about one other thing real quick. Okay. I want to get your opinion on it. I love your, your, I'm, I love your, like, I know it's coming. You're like, here I go. Yeah, here well, I go. I've got, I've got my opinions about it as well. I made a post about this a while back, but like, I think that a lot of fitness influencers get it wrong. And, and here's what I mean. Like, you might rack up the follows, but I think you have no credibility, right? Like, mm-hmm. for instance, you might have 150, 200,000 followers and post trending audios all day long and cute reels and all these things, right? However, they might like you, but they're not hiring you. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference. How do you, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? And how do you feel about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, just so people know, like you can, on different platforms, you can get paid per views. So it's a business. You, don't get, you don't get paid for likes, but you can get paid per views on YouTube. You can get you can get paid once you have a certain amount of, of hours watched uh, Spotify. We're still trying to figure that out. You can get advertisers. I've had people reach out to me. They'll pay you per episode. So like views are important. And um, so it's a way for people to, to earn a living. But let me tell you, that's small. It's, you have to be huge for that to even be your, regular even with a million followers on tiktok 
this is not replacing anybody's day job, okay? So people should know that. Um, the way that you would actually earn a living is by being a really, really good and effective coach. And that can happen without a ton of views and a bunch of followers. Um, but I think I've seen coaches get confused about that and shift into just wanting to get those views. And so you're distracted. That's what I see distracted. You could spend your whole day trying to figure out how to make reels and TikToks. And trust me, I've done it. Um, but it's a distraction from studying, from having conversations like this with other coaches, from really thinking about the industry that you're in, and from knowing that if all social media went away, could you still earn a living? And to me, the answer is yes. Like that is my primary focus is getting people results and helping them. And if I didn't have social media, it wouldn't matter one bit, not one bit. It really wouldn't because it's word of mouth anyway. Like it, my business wouldn't be affected. It, it maybe, maybe I'd take a hit in some areas, but I would just know how to coach people and have it grow a bigger volume that way. And that's, that's a huge difference. When, when I stopped focusing on growth, yeah, for a long time, I, I did what you described. You know, I was focused yeah. on results and growth, but there was a, there was a, a line of deparkation, right? That like, at some point I recognized that I had more people to help than I had time. So I had to start giving away the time on the growth. So when I started getting away from that and focusing just on the results and just on the people, I never had a problem again with growth. It happened all by itself. Yeah. And you know, what's funny, like when I think about this whole journey I've been on with this business and growing my coaching business and online stuff, when I focus on views for me, like when I start to pay attention, I become miserable. I, I'm telling you, it's like, it's like, it's not natural for us to be doing, it's too, it's too much. Like it's too many connections. It's, there's a, there's a great, um, did we talk about this? Like the one person's connections, once you start getting past like 160 connections, it's like they, you can't, you can't, people can't handle it or something. It's like, a, I, I got to find this. And then it was, and then it also talked about how that's the number of uh, people in a battalion. Like, it's like by design, you can only have so many meaningful connections and then it's just it's just noise and that's why these like fame like famous people get get lost because it, it's too you're thinking about too many things and what you start to think about what people think and you start to live in the perspective of how people view you and it's I've been there like it's almost like too much it's not to be an influencer, and even for me, 27,000 followers, it's like it's thousands of views and thousands of like things coming at you. It's a it's a strange place to be. And yes, yeah, same as you. When I focus on 
getting people results. Like that's it. That's, that is all that really truly matters when you're in this industry truly for the right reasons. I don't know if people who aren't in this position really know what it's like to, to have this strange connection of thousands of people and opinions and, you know, right. but, but it's an agreement you have with your people that follow you, that you put it out there and they get to say whatever they want. And so to some extent, it's like you signed up for it. Don't be mad if people have an opinion. It's this right. strange agreement. Like you put it out there and keep them going. And, and then, um, one thing Hannah told me this weekend that I'd never really thought about before, since I don't feel this way. She said there are certain people that she follows, because she's been on social media since she was a teenager, obviously, that give her comfort every day. She likes to go see them. And I was like, what? I, I just, I was like, I thought that was so interesting. She said, they just do, like, I like to hear their voices. I like to see their faces. They just, I like to see what they're doing. And um, hmm. and I thought, oh, that's so, Do you, have you ever heard that? I mean, I'm just trying to think about in my life if there's someone that, I mean, honestly, like the, we all communicate with people on social media. Yeah. But the people that I communicate with, that I find comfort with are people I'm talking with on the phone or texting, not through Instagram or Facebook messenger. Or, you know what I mean? Like that's I have probably true. That's probably, that might be a difference. Yeah. More personal uh, to me. And, and maybe this is not the right thing to say. I don't know. But like, for me, those things that I just mentioned, like calling someone on the phone, texting someone is a much more personal, like if you have my phone number, that's a much more personal means of communication. Yeah. To yeah, me. I mean, right. I mean, I and Hannah and I voice text most days of the week, and I think there's comfort there for her too. But, um, but it's so interesting to me, and I started thinking about it. Like, how how does so how does my social media and how like how does it impact me? And I started thinking there are actually people that interact with me on a daily basis that I sort of have started to expect to see. Of course. And, and if I don't see them, I am like, I are they okay? Like what's going on with them? So it's not that I don't have anybody necessarily just it's it's literally a time thing. It's no offense. Like I don't think my people are important and I don't watch their stories and stuff. It's not, it's just it's a time and I, I never got in the habit of consuming, but I do know that I think I also get that same comfort from knowing that my people, I don't know if comfort's the right word, but like there is an expectation that we're all interacting here. And if and I started thinking if none of my people, if, if my people stopped interacting, I wonder if I would, I would definitely notice. And I would be like, is everything okay? Is something like, did I say something, you know? Like, so I'm not totally, I, 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 I do have a social media uh, expectation, I think, that I didn't really realize until I started thinking about it, you know, as a creator. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I mean, I guess there are people out there. I would notice that they weren't interacting with exactly. Me. Yeah, sure. you'd be like, you wouldn't be like, did, did something terrible happen? But you would just be like, it, it would be. There are people that I interact with every single day that, um, that, 
you know, are important to me, really important to me on my social media. And I think, um, I think we help each other to some extent. I think my content helps them and their interaction encourages me. And so we, that's a true thing. Like you can't, so it's very, yeah, it's it, right. It's mutual. Yeah. All right. So if we wrap it up, to, is there anything you feel like we didn't talk about today? I, I mean, look, we didn't really say this directly, but I'm here to tell you, like, if you're thinking about like, is this someone you want to get information from? If that person only, if it's a human highlight reel of all the things they're doing in their life, I don't know that for me personally, that's someone that's going to bring a lot of value unless you want to be that person. Like I, it's got to be more broad than that for me. Like I, I cannot just sit and look at someone's content if it doesn't bring me any value. If it's a highlight reel of what you're doing every day, for me, I'm out. I don't know yeah. how you feel. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Every one of you. I don't need to see every day's workout <laughs> on Instagram. Like that's not a thing. I like to see some of that stuff, but not every single moment. You know. Yeah, I think when I think about it, it's about like uh, how. I I would, I always want my people and I feel like they do just seeing some of the posts that my people create. I'm like, these are solid human beings with a good head on their shoulders. Like they are, uh, you know, my, especially my core group who have been with me, I feel like they have learned. And even though we still struggle, like I still struggle with body image sometimes, but I go back to my rational brain that knows better. And that's what I like. I'm like, you know, don't be ridiculous. Like you have a strong body that can do things for you and you can say yes to anything you want. You can like, you can do, you have a great lifestyle. So if, if, yeah, if some of the nooks and crannies are filled in because you fucked yourself over by doing a bodybuilding show, <laughs> now you have like, <laughs> like, like we said, and now you have like a messed up level of leanness. Like I still can go back to my rational brain that's, tells me like that guides me. And I see a lot of my people doing that. The things that I, when I think about, like I have a woman right now whose physique is insane, uh, incredible, like by anybody's standards. And she is still, it's like every check-in is frustrated. She's so frustrated that the scale isn't moving or frustrated and then just like, those are the ones where I think like, how are we so far apart? Like how can, what, and that's when I wonder where social media plays a role into these people's lives. Like, or, or there's stump, something is in between me, a coach who sees an incredible physique and a woman who hates her body. Like that's where you gotta be super careful about like that might be a therapist session that I did a podcast this week about what coaching is and what coaching isn't like, I can't help bring us that we are so far apart. <laughs> so that's where to me, people have to really be careful about who they're following and what, like what the expectation is here. I mean, her physique is insane. You know, this reminds me of, uh, there's this one, I'm not going to say her name, but there's this one, um, lady that I worked with and 
the scale was not her best friend, but week over week, month over month, it was undeniable the physical change was making, you know, and same thing. She would every check-in, I'm just so frustrated with the scale. I'm so frustrated it won't move. <clears throat> I'm just not happy with the way I look. And I would show her side by side pictures. And yeah. it was odd. And she'd say, Well, you know, I really don't see the change. And I'm like, Kendra, we're like talking double digit inches, like across the board, like huge change, undeniable. You know, and I think sometimes people just like being the victim. They just like to feel sorry for themselves. I because I remember like we've done so much for you. You've done all the things, you've worked your ass off. Like at what point are you gonna relent just a little bit and say, Yeah, I've mm-hmm. accomplished something? I'm not asking you to say like you're where you want to be. I'm just asking you to admit that you've made some change and that <laughs> you're in the right direction. Like I'm not I'm not telling you to say like this is you've accomplished all your goals. Like can we just can we just admit that you did this. I just don't see it. Like, I can't help you. Like, if you're not willing yeah, to. Right, right. Like, I can't help you anymore. Yeah, I mean. It's where you want to be. So the, uh, we just, we just read that book, Positive Intelligence for our book club. And there is a victim, like a uh, saboteur. It's a real thing. And it's a, it's a victim. And, and the victim, and a few of my people like admitted like that is, I, I do play the victim or that is a saboteur where it's like, so I see that and we all know that that's true. We all know that that's true. And that would be a classic case of a victim who's, and, and the victim is like, it's such a hard one because it sounds so bad. To me, it's like, it's like in these, nobody wants to be the victim. You know what I mean? And it's really hard for people to see that that's what that is. Um, but man, I, yeah, I definitely have had people like that. Uh, and my, the greatest, the greatest uh, accomplishment for me, I think, as a coach is when you can get somebody to to move out of that. Uh, but it's hard. It's deep. Like that's that's deep. Like that's might not be fixable for a coach. You know, my favorite conversations with my clients have absolutely nothing to do with scale or the macros. Yeah. Like like when we get to talk about your life and like some of the things you want to do or want to achieve, I, you know, the happiness in your life, your family, like what you're able to do now, what you couldn't do before. Like, those are my favorite conversations. Like when, when someone writes me and they're like frustrated with the scale, like I, they get so fixated on yeah, and the outcome they're missing. I think the real goodness from the journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the the whole the whole victim, we'd probably do a podcast on that. We could probably even get some people on here who have feel like they've come like grown from that. I and I actually think a lot of this is tied into the social media conversation too. Like some of the reasons people may be feeling like, oh, I'm never gonna get there is because of what you're looking at. And you keep comparing yourself to the wrong people. Like, like don't compare yourself to Claire Thomas. Okay. Like stop doing that. Like 
if you just started working out and you're 50 and you're mad that you don't have Claire Thomas abs, like you would have, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, duh, you know? Like Claire Thomas, you know, she runs these like six week abs. Stuff, Which, right? by the way, we should say, I want to preface this by saying Claire Thomas and Hannah are the, these are my favorite. Claire, Claire Thomas is by far, if you think she's sweet on social media, it doesn't even do her justice. She is the most down to earth, authentic person. And I love being around her, by the way. Amazing. I love her and Jared both. They're both great people. Amazing. So what I'm about to say isn't meant to be derogatory anyway. No, no, no. Explaining like, you know, Clara runs these these challenges, like these six-week ad challenges and stuff. Like I might be, you know, misquoting the number of weeks. But regardless, like if you're someone out there and you do that program one time, the intent isn't to get where Clara is in six weeks, right? You're going right. to build. Right. Clara has been working on those abs her whole life. You her know, whole like, life. Literally, like since she was a yeah her whole life yeah yeah so you know you gotta be realistic like you said yeah anyway i think you're i think we we covered some good topics today i think you got to really the the uh i'll never get what i want mentality uh can really hold people back that's for sure and and if yeah we should actually do an episode on that so I think how to proceed in this industry is the next is how we kind of close this out here. Like for me, I think this article was good. I think everybody should read it. And I think that the study is really interesting. I haven't seen a study like that on the negative impact of, of, uh, of these fitfluencer accounts. I would say be super careful about remember that remember this is for everybody watching. Every fitfluencer, their number one goal is to try to get views. That is what they're doing. They're trying to go viral, to get more followers, to create, continue to create the perception of like influence um, for potential. Just, I mean, I think some people just enjoy being a little bit famous in their mind. Um, that is very different than a fitness professional and a coach. And it's it, the differentiation is easy. It's easy. If somebody's leading a recipe with their ass, that's a problem. <laughs> like, why am I looking at your the inner workings of your anatomy when before I'm about to see your uh your healthy macro friendly meal <laughs> like over a hot stove in a bra and a thong like <laughs> right, right, right. that's a little dangerous actually susan like let's not do that right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a little dangerous yeah what are your any closing thoughts for you nah man i'm i'm with you like you gotta be careful who you follow you know and you should just really pay attention to what someone's telling you or what they're trying to show you. And you have to ask yourself, like, why is that what they're trying to show me? What are they trying to tell me? What are they actually trying to get me to do? Right. That's yeah. To, like, maybe yeah. that's for you. Right. And I think if social media definitely has, we know it's lead, leading to depression for sure. A thousand percent. 
So like if you're struggling and you're a depressed person, get the hell off fitness influencer pages. Um, it's, it's, I think it's really, it's really, really important. I've been taking weeks off my phone and social media weekends and it's, it's super important for my mental health just as a creator even, and just having all of the interactions, but take care, you know, always that physique is you versus you, right? Like, and, and if you relieve yourself of seeing things that aren't helping and following, consuming things that aren't helpful, you, you can really improve your own quality of life, I think, for sure. And, right. and, and I will continue to do my best to be responsible in this area and still true to myself, you know? Yeah, I think that's huge, right? I think that's probably the message for coaches. Be responsible. You yeah. Know? If you're right. writing, you have to ask yourself, like, what are you trying to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. What are you trying to do? Yeah. All right, man. Um, great information. Yeah. Okay. We got a ton of comments and interaction. I love it. Um, but we're going to, we're going to close this out. Thank you guys for watching and listening. By the way, if you follow Kenny, if you don't, um, he, he doesn't care. View, no, make sure you view. I, yeah. I promise I don't cook in a thong. <laughs> <sighs> and, um, if any of this help was information was helpful, five stars, what were you going to say? Good cooking a thong. I mean, if okay. Some... Hey, hey, I mean, yeah, no. yeah. Do what you need to do. <laughs> and uh, thanks for watching. You guys have an awesome day. Yeah. Thanks, Kenny.